Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks today. What an honor it is to be here and uh, be on podcast number 81. We want to talk about being a victim for God. You know, there's there's a situation where you can be a victim uh, or you can have a victim's mentality. And I, and I believe everybody listening to my voice and Stephanie's voice today uh, has been a victim of something or some circumstance or, or something that just didn't work out the way we want it to work out. And uh, so we want to talk about that today. And, and many of us, you know, many folks who suffer from PTSD or hurting hearts, we've been victims. And uh, sometimes we're a victim of our own action. I was talking to a gentleman not too long back, and uh, he had drank a lot and got drunk and uh, killed somebody, went to jail, served his time, and has sought uh, forgiveness from families and people and uh, trying to do the right thing. But he's a victim of his own device. He's a victim of what he did by driving while he was drunk. So uh, so we want to talk about being a victim. We hear that all the time. I'm a victim or uh, people have a victim mentality. And I want to break it in half. I, I want to say there's two kinds of people. There's there's people who are victims, and then there's people who are victims with a victim mentality. So if that's not hitting the word victim too much, I hope it's not. I hope you're following along with me. But we're going to have this idea this week. This whole week is about things like uh, uh, today we're starting out with this particular morning. Uh, we're starting out with this idea of uh, uh, being a victim, but having not having a victim's mentality, giving that to God. And, and then we're leaving there. and We're probably going into a four podcast type of thing where we'll cover different things every day. But we're going to talk about when God doesn't make sense, when when things don't seem to make sense. And I'll tell you what sparked that. I was talking to uh, Stephanie about this yesterday. And and uh, um, when God doesn't make sense, when a when a young little kid is molested, when uh, something like that goes on, and we we can't make sense of it, what does that mean? And and biblically, what position does that hold? And and boy, that's so important. And uh, so we want to talk about that. And we want to give it a little bit of time this week. We we do. We want to dig into a few different areas and 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 what God has for us and 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 how God can help us through some of these things. And as always, uh, my co-host, my friend uh, Stephanie Wesco, is with us. Good morning, Stephanie. How are you? Good morning, Doug. Doing pretty good. That's great. And I, those of you who listen know I've been picking on Stephanie about her answers, and so she did change it up just a little today, but. I got to be upfront with you. I gave her a little bit of warning. So we want to talk about uh, a couple verses about being a victim and not having a victim's mentality. So the Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked in him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. And uh, so you can imagine God hates those or, or hates those actions. He loves everybody, but he hates those actions of people who hurt people. So right out of the chute, I wanted to read that verse so that we know that God does not condone violence against uh, us or or other people. And boy, that's significant, isn't it, Stephanie? When we when we think about everything in the world today, is is to understand that God isn't condoning violence. And then over to Hebrews twelve seven, it says, "If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son 
is he whom the Father chasteneth not. So sometimes we go through things to be chastened, but certainly as a little one that's being molested or hurt, uh, we're not going through something for chastening in that particular case, though God can use that for his advantage. And so, Stephanie, we're talking about this idea of being a victim and having a victim's mentality. And I remember you telling me something a while back when you went through the incident and Charles was killed and, and a doctor without border made a comment to you. Do, do you remember what I'm talking about? to me um in those in that first it was in that first 12 18 hours after charles had been killed and um he said something along the lines of you either are going to be a victim or you're going to be a survivor wow and um he was you know different terminology same thing as what you're saying either i was going to have a victim's mentality which would leave me hopeless and at the end of my rope, or I could choose to be a survivor and come out of it. And, and obviously, um, the Lord plays a huge role in all of that. But, um, God knew I needed to hear that at that point of, um, yes, I had been the victim of a crime. I had been the victim of, um, you know, very much, um, very much had been wounded um, emotionally and um, physically, even though I wasn't hit with a bullet, there was still a lot of consequences physically from that day. But I either, it's a choice you make in your mind. Yeah. And um, I'm very thankful you said that because I never forgot that, of that choice I had to make of what I was going to do. And um, it was very, you know, something the Lord definitely led him to say to me. So, so do you think about, is that something that comes uh comes back to your mind? Is that something that, uh, uh, that when you think about, have you thought about that, what he said to you? Yeah. Well, and I think of it in relation, you know, now when I think of being a survivor, um, you know, I think of Corey Ten Boom often comes to mind. I think of her and how she chose to be a survivor. Talk about someone who had been through stuff that we yeah. can't even begin to imagine. Yeah. And, she chose instead of curling up in a ball and doing nothing the rest of her life after she was released from Raven's book, she chose to be a survivor and she chose to make a difference in other people's lives for good. And, um, to me that speaks volumes of a person. If, you know, after they've been through something horrific, um, they don't wallow in it. They don't glory in it, so to speak. They say, I'm going to, you know, with God's help, I'm going to go through this and seek to become all God wants me to be. I can't change my past. And, you know, there may be baggage I carry with me, but I have a God who says he gives me the strength to lay aside the weights so that I can run the race he set before me. And um, I think there's a huge element there of remembering um, in Philippians where Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Yeah. And no matter what you've been through, Christ can give you the strength to to do anything he asks you to do, and that may be walking a path that's very hard, that has a lot of horrible trauma in it, and that doesn't mean God condones what's done to you, but God says, my grace is sufficient, and I'm there with you, 
and I'll never leave you or forsake you. And because of that, you can choose to be a survivor. You can choose to be the victim, but not have the mentality of walking around and with a woe is me, any problems I have in my life now are somebody else's fault. No, you still have to make choices to be an overcomer and to do what's right. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I, I think you're hitting that right. You know, the hardest thing uh, is, you know, you go through this terrible trauma, and, and I think almost within all of us, Stephanie, there's a part uh, that says, you know, I've been through this terrible thing, I need time to heal. And, and you know, I, I agree with that statement. Uh, I think the hardest thing, and that's why I wanted to explain what I was saying, meaning by that, I think the hardest thing with it is how much time and how do I heal? So, so coming back to you with that idea, you come back and, and uh, uh, you know, you can go a couple ways, that, that do- as that doctor said, and, and uh, you come back and, and how, do you, uh, how do you turn the, okay, the time to heal's over, you know, I, I'm not going to have a victim mentality, so to speak, where uh, I just lay down and just do the minimum. And, and I'm not picking on people. I know people, you and I both know somebody, Stephanie, who lays at our house every day and doesn't leave. And uh, we know people who've been through stuff and they've just completely shut down. So, so when does somebody who's been through a trauma, has been through something, uh, in your mind, uh, when? When do they stop uh, the healing or when do they, uh, and I know that's a loaded question, maybe always you heal, but, but when do you step out? When, how do you do that? Try to explain that to us. I think every person um, has their own timetable, um, and that has to be taken. You know, there's no textbook. There's no textbook written for to do these three easy steps, and, you know, it'll be over. Um, and I do think healing is a process that... It's a process, you know, it's, I don't think it happens overnight, but I think a huge part of healing is taking that step out, that step of, I'm not going to live here, I can't live here, um, it's going to destroy me to live here. Um, I think healing, a huge, huge part of healing is being willing to say, okay, I'm going to choose to not sit, you know, we either dwell on ourselves or we dwell on others. Our thoughts either are self-consumed or we're going to be consumed with what God, what God has for me to do today. And um, as long as you dwell completely on yourself, and obviously the first step in that process is knowing the Lord is your Savior. Um, that has to happen for healing to begin. But once you know the Lord is your Savior, um, you know, we look at the life of Christ and how his whole life, was consumed with ministering to those around him. And um, to me, that's been a huge part of healing. For me, that's been tremendous of, um, I wanted to heal, I wanted to be better, I wanted to be done with living in a fog. And, um, you know, sometimes having a good friend that you can confide in may be your first step in the healing process of stepping out and I'm not gonna, you know, when we internalize, when we've been through trauma and we keep that completely internalized, it becomes like a festering sore. And, um, for me, when I didn't have someone to talk to, I would write, um, just finding some way that you can get that out and deal with that and, you know, getting counseling, getting help 
and being willing to trust someone enough to share your heart with them and to share what you're going through. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly that there is a, I can't say that I know of a place where healing stops and that mentality, you know, just being a victim starts. I think they kind of are interwoven of as you choose to realize, okay, I am a victim. I am a survivor, but I'm not going to let that control the rest of my life and destroy me. Um, that's all a part of the healing and real healing. I think begins when you reach that point, because then you're willing to go through the process of dealing with the wounds, dealing with the hurts and saying, I want, I want to get better. Um, that's, it's a mind. It really has to do with your mind reaching that point of making that choice. Well, and I, I I think an important question for you coming back to you is, uh, I mean, you had eight kids, you were forced into immediately coming home. You're still mom. You're still, you're still plugged in. You're still, uh, having to homeschool. You're still, I mean, across the board. I mean, um, but when did you make the decision that I'm not, you know, this isn't enough. I'm, I'm going to help people. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do what I can do at church. I'm going to, you know, work with ladies. I mean, when did that come? Um, I think it really began coming the spring after Charles was killed. Um, I had spent many hours praying and seeking the Lord, asking him, you know, what do you have for me to do now? Um, but I felt very hopeless, like there was no purpose for my life beyond, and not that raising my kids wasn't a huge purpose. Um, but I just felt so lost and very much just had no direction and, um, I think it would have been probably April, end of March, April, um, that the Lord began, uh, just showing me and there was, it, it, it made me excited. It scared me, you know, like, how can I do this? I'm still a mess as the Lord began opening doors. But as you know, it's a step of faith to say, okay, God, I'm getting out of my boat, even though it's in the midst of a storm, at least I'm still, if I'm in a sinking boat, at least I'm in a boat and I'm just not sinking. And to get out of that sinking boat, because that's where, um, when you've been, when you've been a victim, when you've been traumatized, it's like your, your life boat is filled with holes. And it's like, you know, it gets hit with a, with a, you know, (laughs) to use the term buckshot kind of experience and it's filled with holes and then you're left with a sinking boat anyway. And so it's like, God says, get out of that sinking boat, choose to walk by faith and not by sight and come to me, even in the midst of the storm and walk with me and see what I can do. And reaching that point was huge for me because then I began to see God do things that were even more amazing. And I saw him putting puzzle pieces together in my life that pieces that I felt like would never have a place of wondering, God, why did you allow this? Why did you allow me to go through that? And then God began putting those pieces together. And it was pretty much throughout that summer um, into the early fall that God really began. um, So really about 10 months after uh, Mm -hmm. Charles was shot down and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and and I think it's important that, you know, the, the folks we're talking to is, you know, some folks uh, become victims and they, you know, they're just on automatic pilot. So they're, you know, yeah. they're automatic pilot. 
going to work, automatic pilot, uh, going through the motions, automatic pilot, uh, in, in all those areas. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and, and what would you say to a, a, a guy, a gal out here listening or someone helping somebody who's, who's that person who they're stuck on automatic pilot right now? What can, what can someone do to help them uh, get off of automatic pilot? Well, I think for one thing, a lot of prayer is a huge role. You know, the Holy Spirit yeah. can do a work. And um, I know there was a, thousands of people praying for me. And I honestly think that's what got me through those first few months. Um, because I, do, I, I think because I had eight kids um, and I was living sort of in a shock mode, um, I, I can relate to the automatic pilot. But eventually you still run out of gas. And eventually the plane's still going to go down um, and your adrenaline wears out. And before you reach that point, reach out for help. Um, nobody can force you to get help. If you're in the automatic pilot no mode, but you know that you've never, you know, that you're just, you're living there hoping this lasts. It's, it's, it's not going to last forever. And so being willing to reach out and say, I need help. I need to talk. Um, that's a huge step and it's a step of courage. Um, it's very hard. I know, um, talking to you for the first time, I was literally almost vomiting the couple days before, um, you and I started talking, um, because I was so freaked out about, um, opening up to someone and telling someone what I was really feeling inside. And, so I think there's just be, you know, if, if you have a friend that you can talk to that you know you can confide in, talk to them, reach out for help if you need to contact us. But, but that, you know, if you don't get it dealt with before that automatic pilot gas runs out, you're going to crash and burn yeah. and so, um, reach a point of hopelessness. So what does someone do, I guess, is where I'm coming from and what I want to close with now. So uh, someone's got their own Stephanie out there and they've, you know, lost a husband, uh, Stephen, lost a wife, What you know, and I'm just throwing names out there and uh, they're on automatic pilot and you know them, you love them. And how can they make a difference with that person? I know you said praying, but what, what, yeah. what comes next? Yeah. You know, for one thing, you can um, just call them, text them, say I'm here for you. Um, if they're not at a point, you know, if your friend's not at a point of being willing to talk, um, just offer to take them out for coffee. And you may not have long conversations, but they will know that you're there for them. And, you know, opening up may be a process. Some people open up easy. Some people take a little longer. Every person is different. Every person's on their own timetable. But just be there for them. Um, if it's, you know, if it's someone who's lost a spouse and they have children, offer to watch the kids so that they can have some alone time. Yeah. Take them over a meal. Um, if you can't cook, send them a gift card for Praise McDonald's God. or Burger King. Bring them a latte. Culver's. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's just so many ways. If you ask the Lord, Lord, how can I reach out to this person? The Lord will show you ways. Um, and just be there, being there, sh making yourself available 
Um, and if they have kids, you know, those kids are going through a lot too. And I'm so thankful for people um, that reached out to my kids still do so we still have some people that reach out to my kids and it means so much to us and I know it means a lot to my kids that people have thought of them and because kids go through it too it's not just the adult it's just not the parent yeah um yeah the kid goes through the trauma of if it's a loss of a parent or whatever the case is um and so it's just I think it's just going to the Lord and saying God what can I do to be your hands and feet in this situation and the Lord will show you. Um, but yeah, practical ways, take them a latte or a better yet. A chai. There you go. Um, yeah. And you get a venti five pump, six venti, six, um, six, pump. six, that's right. Ronde six five. Extra hot, no water. Yeah. 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 Well, praise God. And, and, and that's what we were looking for with this podcast folks. And it's not that we know everything we don't, uh, but we yeah. know, we know a great God. And uh, as we close up today, I just wanted to get to a place today that uh, we understand we have a choice. Uh, you know, we can we can be a victim or like that doctor said, we could be a survivor. Uh, but, you know, you'll always be a victim of what we go through. But uh, you've got a great God. You've got people around you and friends who are listening that, you know, you may be a pastor, a pastor's wife, uh, someone in church, a layman. Listen, you could come up alongside of people. And and you can make a huge difference in their life. And, and just remind people, and I'm, I'm going to end with the verse I'm going to start with tomorrow morning. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So remember, dear friends, to keep our eyes on God, to keep our eyes on glory. It's coming. We get to be part of that. And uh, again, we're thrilled to be part of this 81st podcast. May God bless you. We look forward to uh, hearing from you out there on Helpful Wounded Spirits, maybe dropping us a line on our private page. Uh, I heard from three people over the weekend. What an encouragement you folks are. We're certainly thank you, uh, thankful for you. Give a, uh, send up a prayer for us and we'll send some up for you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.